Hi there, it's Elliot. Before we get to the episode, I wanted to let you know, over the next few weeks, we'll be bringing you a series of episodes that are all built around some new research that Paige has published around the role of the chief communications officer and how it's been changing. We've actually taken our work a step further this time, going beyond just simple models and advice to offer what we call progression paths, which is really specific step-by-step guidance on how CCOs can lead in brand new ways. So we hope you enjoy these next few episodes, and I encourage you as well to check out paths.page.org, where you'll find more information on these progression paths and on this new report. With that, here's the episode. In our last episode, we introduced new page research that describes an evolving role for the CCO. The driver of that evolution, with just about every company we spoke to, is an existential need to transform the enterprise in the face of disruption. Before we published our report in early September, we traveled the world speaking to communicators about how their roles are changing. One of those meetings took place back in June at the Page International Exchange in Amsterdam. Welcome to day two of the Page International Exchange. And if you thought yesterday was good. It was there that we had the chance to speak with Maximo Ibarra, who was then the CEO of Dutch telecommunications giant KPN. Ibarra, who was interviewed by Schneider Electric CCO Becky Edwards, spoke about how his company is preparing for a new world of what he calls immersive connectivity. The company is undertaking a major transformation as it builds the infrastructure that will lay underneath our digital future. And that's not just about the physical infrastructure. Also needed are new people with new skills, new roles for those people and new ways for them to work, entirely new systems and essentially a new culture. The CCO is increasingly a part of making that happen. On this episode, we bring you into the room for that conversation with Maximo. I'm Elliot Mizrahi, and this is The New CCO. Maximo, just to start out, a few comments about KPN, because um, it's a nearly 200-year-old company, and uh, with about $7 billion, I think, in revenue. Is that correct? A little bit less. Okay. And I have to tell you, it's already impacted my life. This may be the first time I've landed in a new country and proactively selected the the carrier that I chose on my iPhone. So Very good. thank you for that. My service has been excellent. Um, so to kick us off, I wanted to understand from you your thoughts on how digitization is disrupting our lives in communications, obviously, specifically. And what is the role of KPN? Yeah. That's quite a broad question. Um, I think that uh, every time we talk about digitalization, um, there is or there are different interpretations of that. Uh, When we talk uh, about digitalization or transformation in a company, you always have to consider there are two aspects to deal with. The first one is customers, of course, Mm -hmm. and the second one is more about the processes that we have within the company. And uh, both are very relevant, because if you don't prepare properly your, what is called in a quite boring way, backend, uh, then you are not able to deliver uh, real-time services. We have to have a machine that is ready to capture all the different insights that now customers are offering. And when I say offering, is because they are just pulling all these insights like in an unlimited way, mm. available for you. And, um, and in particular, companies in the telecom space have not been able to capture all this value. 
not because of uh, not having the possibility to do that, but because that has not been considered important as per now. So uh, customers are, are really now just offering themselves on all the different touch points that are becoming more and more digital, I mean the screens. Mm -hmm. And we have to make sure that we can really offer what that customer is expecting to get, even though the customer doesn't know that uh, 100%, in the proper moment, in the proper time, on the right screen. So that's what we have to do. So making sure that I can surprise the customer mm -hmm. by simplifying something that has been around in his mind, that had not been able to explicitly no, deliver to, to, to my company in this case, to KPN. So we have to make sure that the whole machine is ready for that, mm. uh, which means speed, which means lean, which means that we can really, uh, by capturing these insights, we can elaborate them and then provide the right value to the customer. So all these kind of things are what I call the digitalization in the front end. Mm -hmm. Then the way it happens is uh, something that we are all aware about. Uh, I mean, we have multiple screens. And um, those screens are becoming more and more something different. Today, they are screens. And then we go to the, I mean, to whatever airport, and we notice them, the number of screens that we have because we put all of them in the tray. <laughs> and, uh, and then it's becoming like a very, very uh, hectic experience, yeah. particular in my case. But tomorrow, all these screens will have a completely different shape and configuration, uh, which means that we are moving more and more into the virtual reality, augmented reality. And um, I mean, the famous Google Glasses <coughs> that have never been into the market are just simply changing because that was maybe too early. But uh, we have the OLEDs, we have all these different devices. And then what is also like a, a little bit not concerning, but concerning for a few people, but I think this is a great opportunity, is that we're just now trying to understand how to connect our brain uh, to the cloud. Maybe this is too extreme, but uh, I mean, there are hundreds, thousands of people, scientists, they are working in order just to make that happening. So you can capture uh, with your brain uh, all the unlimited possibilities that, that the cloud in this moment is offering. So today's screens, tomorrow something different. Yeah. I cannot tell you exactly what. Okay. Uh, but uh, that means that in the end, uh, if we talk about digitalization, the opportunities is that uh, if you are walking down uh, wherever you are, then you can really start understanding what you have in front of you. And this is again the virtual augmented reality. And you will start getting information about everything you have in front of you or everything is surrounding you. Uh, and we have to be ready for that because this means uh, immersive connectivity. Yeah. So today we provide connectivity, but tomorrow is going to be immersive connectivity. And that's why all the discussions about the new technologies like 5G, fiber to the home, or the hybridization between fiber to the home and 5G. But again, our role as KPN is making sure that this whole ecosystem works. Yeah. And um, every single connection can be provided in the best way possible and also in an intelligent way because the new networks and the new infrastructures are going to be able to uh, fine-tune, set up the right kind of connectivity depending on the kind of utilization that you're just looking for. Um, and again, infrastructure are going to be more and more on the cloud as well. Mm. 
which means that what we see, what we will see in terms of antennas, this is going to be just only some boxes, some hardware, but all the functionalities are going to be somewhere else. And, um, and that offers a unique opportunity. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, digitalization means prepare your company to be fast enough to capture all these insights. In the front end, now through screens, tomorrow through other devices or, again, brains connected to the cloud, being able to deliver this information, anticipating customers as much as possible. And the third is that in terms of our role in society is connecting, but tomorrow is going to be immersive connection. Wow. And um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that future picture that you're painting. Hmm. A little bit scared, but, uh, but mostly excited. Yeah. I, um, I, and you've been at KPN now a little over a year, correct? Yeah, I joined, I joined KPN. I had the luxury of joining KPN for an onboarding program starting from the beginning of 2018, okay. so last year. So it's, yeah, it's like a one year and a half that I've been... Uh, and I've seen some YouTube videos. You're leading a massive transformation yep. in order to have the company ready for that future that you're talking about. Talk to us a little bit about how you're managing that. Yeah, again, tr transformation is, is sometimes like a super big word. <laughs> um, and, um, and sometimes top management, senior management, CEOs tend to use this word transformation. And, <laughs> and believe me, it can be sometimes everything or anything. Um, but in my view, uh, the transformation is just being able to adapt a company to the current pace of how technologies are disrupting the world. So there is an important concept behind all this. If you look at um, what has happened over the last 10 years, I would say also over the last five years, in terms of neurosciences, in terms of robotics, nanotechnologies, biology, um, I would say digitalization mm -hmm. as well. Then, and you put all these technologies, uh, then you see that they are not only growing exponentially, but they are converging as well. Mm. So that conversion is, is disrupting everything we do. Is disrupting medicine, is disrupting whatever operational business model. Why? Because then you, you don't know exactly if, if, you're, if you're really uh, working or you're operating in a, in a kind of uh, playground that um, was used to be your playground over the last mm -hmm. 20 years. That is a little bit changing. It's like, uh, I don't know, for a, you, you're playing football and all of a sudden someone is telling you, look, this is not football, but it's basketball, <laughs> right? And, um, and you need to adapt yourself. So this transformation is... Um, an adapt adaptation. Yeah. Um, adaptation means that you need to run. And running means that you need to be uh, quite uh, fit. And in order to be fit, uh, you, you, you need to start doing certain things. Like, uh, I mean, in, as a normal person, you need to start having some habits different from, from the habits that you, you already had. So you need to make sure that the company can take decisions in a fast way, that the execution improves that all these legacy, again, another bad word, which means that uh, I prefer calling it like the spaghetti of all the uh, technology and infrastructure systems that you have in the company, that you have been creating and introducing in the company over the years. In the case of KPN, over more than 150 yeah. years, so you cannot imagine we have a number of CRM systems, data warehouses, we have whatever. Yeah. Everything that has happened in this, let me say, telecom space, of course, KPN, being at the center of that, 
has been creating and implementing those infrastructure. So you need to make sure that those infrastructure will be replaced by the new one. Mm. And we also live in a world where finally we can buy this technology at a much lower cost, being this technology available on the shelf. This is quite a luxury, so, but it there requires also a change in the mindset, and I will come back to that later. But again, transforming is adapting in running, uh, really changing your processes, because sometimes it's not only about the technology, but it's about the processes yes. that you have. Simplifying as much as you can, uh, and simplifying is maybe the most difficult thing to do. Increasing complexity is the easiest, so it's a paradox. Simplifying is the most difficult one, because simplifying means that you need to, again, see a problem or a process from a different angle, and, and you have to change I mean, the way you have been operating. Yeah. So that is what I call transformation. So it's a combination of technology simplification, process simplification, and the most important one is a cultural change. And yeah. the cultural change requires that uh, you start um, challenging or criticizing the way you have been operating and you start changing. So you need to inject some new skills, you need to reskill people, you need to maybe manage your turnover in a different way. You need to start questioning if what you have done is the right thing or not. And yeah. that requires much more time. So yeah. that's why this transformation is just a necessity. And it's not Const like a fashionable stuff that you need to implement. Yeah, there's no beginning and end. It's constant. There is no end. beginning and end. This yeah. is a good, good point because every time I meet investors, they're asking me, when do you expect to conclude your current new wave of efficiency? And they said, <laughs> I have two options. Option number one is, uh, I tell them, okay, by, uh, in this case, 2021, uh, we will conclude our efficiency uh, simplification wave. But then I'm telling them, look, this is going to be like a never-ending story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because maybe in two years from now, <laughs> things are going to be different yes. and then you need to again readapt yourself continuously it's a readaptation continuous readaptation which brings us to the significance of having communication skills and certainly with your background in marketing and also being a professor of digital marketing you are an expert in discerning what types of communications are needed but can you talk a little bit about the role communications has played during this adaptation process yeah. i won't call it transformation anymore yeah i mean communication i think is um is not i think i believe I'm a strong believer about it. When, when you want to really transform a company, as I said earlier, uh, as it requires a change in the culture, the change in the, or not the, a change, because change sometimes uh, assumes that your culture is wrong, yeah. right? It's just simply, again, improve yeah. uh, your culture. You need to set aspirations, goals, and ambitions, right? Otherwise, people don't move. Yeah. We don't move. I mean, we, if you don't have goals, aspirations, and ambitions, it's quite hard that we will move. And communication plays an enormous role, both internally and externally. Internally, as a consequence of what you do externally. So that's why I like sometimes setting ambitions, aspirations, and goals, and making them visible. Making them visible means that people understand that you are a successful company that would like to keep being a successful company over the time. So you need to translate these ambitions and aspirations in something that people can understand properly. Of course, you have to play with your values, you need to play with your DNA, mm -hmm. but also you need to play with your, again, 
looking forward view. And if you do that in the proper way, then you will increase the level of pride that the company will have inside, and then your internal communication will be much easier. Because then you can start really uh, delivering what you promise outside, because you have new energy, and more energy, and more powerful uh, DNA inside the company to implement that. So that's why I think it's hyper super relevant. And talking about um, sort of setting ambitions, what does the role of, com of reputation measures play? Because KPN has enjoyed a, a great ranking on the Corporate Knights um, Most Sustainable Companies. So how do, you, how do you calibrate and sort of monitor the reputation indicators? Yeah. Uh, I mean, this, <laughs> our, the corporate world, um, the role of companies in, so in societies are becoming more and more complex, but at the same time more and more intriguing mm. and more and more like a, yeah, something that is, requires not only your business skills. Mm. It's not only about a business skill. You know what is the difference, not the hard, uh, the soft skills. I call them business skills and societal skills. Mm, yeah. um, so business is not enough. It's not enough. Uh, and sometimes a little bit like um, maybe something that is taken for granted that you are doing your business well, right? Mm -hmm. So you run your business, it means that you need to run it well. Uh, so you need to perform, you need to grow, you need to, I mean, do your stuff in the let me say best way possible from an operational model. But on top of that, as we have plenty of stakeholders, and because of digitalizations and the fact that communication is becoming real time, yeah. with all the pros and the cons, the, let me say, yes. downsides and yes. upsides of that, <laughs> and we know this very well, um, you are more exposed. Which means that when a company, sorry, when a customer, a corporate customer, business customer, small, medium enterprise consumer, um, is considering you, is like uh, hundreds of information, is like uh, elaborating uh, the view and the kind of reputation that that company will have no, in its own, let me say, kind of thinking. Um, it means that it's not only about your performance, but the strength of your brand is becoming something more, which means, is a trustworthy company? Is it a transparent company? Uh, is that company inspiring me? Mm -hmm. Is this company a sustainable company? Is this company taking care of society? Is this company, as a profitable company, or in a case, a powerful company, really trying to fix some issues of society that is surrounding me? Well, all these elements, of course, then we have pricing, right? The quality of the service that you provide. Yeah. So all these kind of things are becoming like a kind of super mix. And, 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 and the, the brain of customers is elaborating that in like a milliseconds. And, um, and when they have to, to make a decision, uh, or to take whatever kind of decision, uh, all these elements are just playing an important role in your decision-making process. That's what I call about reputation. Okay. So you need to be relevant uh, because you are a company that people can trust. And the trust is not only because of business elements, but trust or what I call material elements, but it's also about the fact that you are in the hands of a brand that is really expanding its role in society. And again, this is not just like a soft word or something very vague. It's real. I mean, the more you do in society, the more you take care of that, 
the more your brand is going to be in the long-term uh, preferred brand for customers. What about other things about your communication style that you've had to adapt? I mean, you mentioned, I think um, mm. Hans mentioned to me, you have these Ask Me Anything sessions. Yeah. Any other techniques in terms of communications that you've introduced? Yeah, my, my, my favorite one, when um, particularly, is, this is based on my experience in running companies, and I think that companies in the end are the same. Right, so an Italian company is like a Dutch company, is like a French company, it's like a German company. Then, of course, you find different behaviors. Right, um, just as an example, um, in in uh, in in the Nordics uh, plus the Netherlands, the the way you take decisions is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. There is one important thing in cultural difference that I, I mean is I fascinated about that, and is that in the Mediterranean countries, including France, I mean Spain, France, Portugal, Italy. Uh, Greece, the CEO knows everything. Okay, so the CEO has to know everything. Mm -hmm. It's mandatory that the CEO has an answer to everything. The more you move into the north, I mean, it's less. I mean, the CEO not necessarily has an answer to everything. Okay, so this is mm -hmm. just to explain you that, of course, when you run a company in a different country, you need to understand these different nuances yeah. in order to be more effective. Then, in the end, nothing changes because then the decision-making process is the same but you need to articulate your communication strategy so people feel comfortable with yes. that. But my favorite uh, practice is that I like meeting in an unstructured way, mm. not only the management of the company, but quite often the people that are really dealing with customers. Mm. And this is not like a claim. This is really calling like uh, people coming from different departments, uh, all departments, and just inviting them to a session of, let's say, three hours, wow. where there is no agenda, no agenda, because if there is an agenda, it becomes complex, but no agenda, and then you can start having a conversation. And we start always, of course, uh, talking about the weather, mm -hmm. which is the first question that people are asking me. What do you think about the weather in the Netherlands? And, yeah. uh, and, then, and then you really start opening up, yeah. not what they think, what I think, I can explain myself better. And I like that because it's, not necessarily only a bottom-up process, but you can really talk to the people that are really dealing with the services and products that we offer and we sell to customers. And they can tell you a lot of things. And then you can then share these views with your management, with the top management, senior management of the company, and then you start like a creating this better communication. Mm -hmm. So that's what I like, being very open and being uh, close to, I mean, your operation, not because you are visiting your customer care and just listening to a couple of calls mm -hmm. from time to time, or you just go to a place and you start asking questions like uh, you were visiting. Mm -hmm. No, it's really having an in-depth experience and conversations with people that are running your company. If you enjoyed today's episode of The New CCO, be sure to check out our latest episodes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, leave us a rating and a review. We want to hear what you think so that we can keep making this podcast more interesting and valuable to you. To find out more about what's happening at Page, please visit us at page.org. Special thanks go to Morning Consult and to Rivet Smart Audio, our podcast sponsors. Without their support, we wouldn't be able to bring this podcast to you. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on the new CCO. Before we go, a quick word for PAGE members. I want to remind you about the PAGE Learning Lab. 
This is Paige's online learning program designed to help you and your teams acquire the knowledge and skills that our roles increasingly require. We have a course coming up at the end of October that'll run for about a month, and it's focused on leading teams through disruption. You can enroll at page.org slash learning lab.